sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. We don't have anything else to live for more than that. Sure and true, we have families to take care of and we provide for ourselves in that way, but even in all of that, the purpose of it, the purpose of life is to honor Him. I, I have a subject tonight I'd like to talk about, and it's not a subject that I have attained to necessarily. I cannot stand up here and tell you this is how to do it because this is the way I have done it necessarily. Before we do that, though, I'd like us to all stand together and let's have a prayer together. Father in heaven, we do indeed hallow your name. And may thy kingdom holy on earth be the same. Thank you for giving to us today our daily bread. We have much to be thankful for. We have warmth, we have protection, we've had food to eat today. We have the love of brothers and sisters around us. We have our families. We have anticipation of Pleasant things in the future, we do not necessarily foresee hard things and evil things to go through. We don't see those things. We don't know what the future holds, but we don't foresee those things, and we thank you for that. Yet at the same time, dear Father, as we stand before you, we pray that uh, our hearts would be softened, our hearts would be moldable, our hearts would be teachable, that, Lord, our our life might conform to the image of your Son, that it might be able to, somebody might look at us and say, that looks like Jesus to those who would know him. Help us, Father, to be that way. We pray for those, Father, who are sick. We think of Sister Sherry and, and um, Sister Rachel and Brother Elvin, and I assuming Brother Pete is okay, but I just pray for them again, Lord, as we've done many times, that I pray for them again, that they would be restored to health, and they could come back into our presence and be a blessing here. Bring them back home safely. Thank you for our health and what we have, and and, uh, pray for those who might be sick otherwise also, and that you would bring healing to them. Father, you are a a worker of miracles. We don't doubt that at all. Even the simple and uh, almost commonplace miracle that happens every time uh, our bodies heal from any kind of sickness, we thank you for that. Be with us now this evening, Father. May our time spent together be profitable. It might be an honor to you that a few of your children came together And we worship you together and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
one of the marks of a Christian, one of the marks of a person who has given their heart and life to Christ, one of the marks that stands out so vividly and so clearly is the mark of a servant willing to serve others. When we don't see that mark upon a person's life, when we see the, the opposite mark of, of serving themselves and their own selfishness and barely willing to help others, um, we have to wonder about their Christian life and about their sincerity of it and, and if they really understand what Christianity is about. <clears throat> so I emphasize again, one of the marks of a Christian is that man or that woman or that person who's willing to serve and give of themselves. <clears throat> I understand myself pretty well. Maybe I don't. I understand myself sometimes. I get a little selfish sometimes, and I don't want to, and I'd rather not, and I think somebody else should, and, and why didn't you do this, and that kind of thing. I understand that, and I suppose probably most of you do. But tonight, I'd like to just somehow inspire us that <clears throat> we... We have a purpose, we have a mission, and we are all sent on that mission, and that is to serve others. The first two and great commandments, one is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said they're like each other. And to me, the key in those two phrases, those two commandments... The reason they're like each other is because they both serve. They both take away my own, my own flesh and my desires and give myself for others. <clears throat> so that's the, that's the point of my message this evening. <clears throat> and I'm going to, I want to speak here for a little while here for maybe, not, I don't know how long, but and then I want to go to prayer. I'd like to spend some time praying for us as people, I don't want to be selfish in our prayers, but I want to, I'd like to focus this evening on <clears throat> praying for us, for each other and for myself, for you all, for yourselves, praying, Lord, make me a better servant, a better servant, whatever that means. And I don't know what all it means in your life. I know what, some of what it means in my life, but <clears throat> that each one of us might be able to pray, Lord, that my life might show forth the willingness to serve others, to give of myself, that others might benefit. Recently we, had a young, recently, we had a young man, a young lady, back at home at our congregation there at Living Hope. They wanted to become members of the church. <clears throat> they have been attending, and there's a lot of story behind it, but I'll just skip over the most of it and say, when they stood up and we asked them to stand in front of the congregation and just share their testimony of salvation and their testimony of where they are with the Lord and their desire to walk with us, um, but the young man, he stood up and very clearly said, and he was very sincere, he said, 
I want to talk a little bit about my attitude. My attitude, I want to share with you what it is. He said, I believe that if I am going to be a member of this church, I am going to support this church in every way I can. And I want you to come help me and tell me if you see someplace I'm not supporting where I could. And I want you to come tell me if there's any place in anything in my life that is not like you think it should be. I want you to come tell me. He said, that's my attitude. <clears throat> of course, I was blessed with that. And um, I believe that young man, if he'll keep that attitude, he'll prosper. He'll prosper in the Lord. He'll prosper in the church. Teach me. Help me. I want to walk with you. There's, 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 well, everyone. I'm walk. I'm talking about serving. He, he had the, the spirit that, with that kind of a spirit, the church will prosper. <clears throat> In 2 Peter verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, you, you don't need to turn there, you may. It just simply says this. Simon Peter, a servant. And he goes on and explains himself a little bit. An apostle of Jesus Christ. But Simon Peter, a servant. I wonder if... I could truly write a letter like that. Mark Brubaker, a servant. Could you write a letter like that? Is that your testimony? Daryl Beachy, a servant. I think you could. I do. But I just want to help us to bring to our forefront in our mind what we're all about. Really now. And, and I don't say this. Please, please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying these things because I see a bunch of people out here that are just selfish and they're wanting to tell everybody else what to do and they don't want to do anything. Not at all. It's just, I believe, what the scriptures say. And I just want to look through some scriptures that talk about what it means to be a servant and the high value that God places on them. Now, I want to do this first, and I don't know if this is the right thing to do first or not, so bear with me if you don't think it is. But one of the attitudes of a servant is, a, is, is, okay, the ultimate and most best way to serve is out of love. And that is going to motivate us and carry us through any kind of circumstance. If I have enough love, if I have Calvary love, if I have that love of Jesus, love that just will not quit, I would die for you because I love you. That kind of love, that kind of love gives me motivation. Think about it. And I, I, don't, I can't think of a scenario. And I'm, I'm going to pick on you a little bit, Daryl. Let's say that somehow it was in your power to help our brother Daryl 
And it meant risking your life. Any of you. It meant risking your life. Maybe you'd live through it. Maybe you wouldn't. And sure, there's lots of things you say, well, what about this condition? What about that condition? And what about this? And maybe, you know, all these kind of things. Amen, I understand that. But I'm saying we're beyond that point. We're to the point that Brother Darrell fell through the ice. And he was down there somewhere. And you know how to swim. And maybe you even had a rope. And maybe you even had people back here on the shore. There's lots of things could enter into it. Would you be willing to risk your life to save him? And that's just physical life. Anything, think of any other, any other circumstance. I, when I am motivated by love, I've said this before and you've heard me say it, I dearly love my wife. I mean, I don't know what I wouldn't do for her. Some of you are married. You dearly love your companions. Then you'd probably say, I'd do anything. Amen. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a kind of love that I'm talking about. Now, there's also a motivation in servanthood that I think is one that should be remembered or should be considered. We don't know much about slaves and masters. We don't know much about that. We read about them, but that's about all we know. But one of the things that happens in the heart of a servant when he has a master that tells him what to do is there's a certain type, excuse me, there's a certain type of fear comes into his heart. Not because he's afraid to get beaten, but because he knows that if he disobeys or he doesn't do what he's asked to do, there's going to be consequences. And we're the same way. We're, we're exactly the same way. We stand before God someday, and he's going to say, when did we see you feeding me or clothing me? or When did, when did, when did you do that? If that ever happens to us, I promise you, you're going to fear. There's going to be a, a, a fear come into your heart like you've never known before. An example of just a little example here. Ananias and Sapphira. They sold their land. You know the story. And they came and laid the money at the apostles' feet, it says. And they said, is this what you sold the land for? Yes, that's what we sold the land for. And that wasn't true. And you know what happened. And Nice came first. Fell over dead. And, and the, the scriptures say, And great fear came upon all the church. Now, the point being that, not necessarily that, I'm not talking about the fact that they told the little lie they told there, or the big lie they told there. I'm thinking more about what happens when we do not accomplish or do what God asks us to do. God says, serve me. And we say, okay, Lord, we'll serve you with all of our heart. 
What if some of our heart is not serving the Lord? Maybe we kept back part of the price. Have we kept back any part of the price? Something for you to think about. Something for me to think about. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, If there be, chapter 2, verse 1, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any, any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy and be ye like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And this part I want to get to. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Do nothing out of pride or the desire to be noticed or, or do nothing. But it's all simply in lowliness of mind that each esteem other better than themselves. How about that one? So, when you think of yourself, do you really esteem your brother better than yourself? Or do you think, well, I've learned a few things in life and he has some things he needs to learn and you really should learn some things. and I'd like us to just consider what our attitude is to our brother, to our sister. What is it? That it God says, esteem others better than yourself. He's saying, serve one another. He's saying, serve one another. Whatever that means to you. Each one of you have different Places and areas you can serve in. Sometimes, well, every week, every week we have an elders meeting back at home. And usually there's something for somebody to do. We talk about things and, well, maybe you ought to do this and you ought to contact this person. You ought to do whatever. It's pretty easy to just hope somebody else volunteers. Somebody else says, I'll do that. And I'm talking to myself. When we get the opportunity, are we willing to serve others? To volunteer? To take the responsibility and when sometime, when we're all, when it's all said and done, and it's all called together, and here we are, ever the whole world is standing before God. I don't know how it's going to be, and all that comes together, and sometime we stand before God. The question is, where will I stand? What will be my testimony? What will God say about me? If indeed I have served, been willing to give of myself, been willing to humble myself, been willing to help the other one, been willing to esteem others better than myself. When I think about it like that, 
But I think about when God asked me to do or not do something, whatever it is, help my brother, help my sister, whatever it is. And I stand before him and he tells me, what about the time when someone needed help and you were just too lazy? Or you thought you were a little better than that. You let somebody else help them. My point, in, my point is saying simply is this. And I think I've already said it. But every one of us have a place and a position to fill. Every single one of us do to serve one another. He goes on there in Philippians and he says, Philippians 4, he says, two, chapter 2, verse 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's not saying that, that your business is my business necessarily. To me, what it says is, you care about others just as much as you care about yourself. How can I serve? And and, and there are limitations. I want to say this. I look at some of you mothers that have children. and You're limited. I understand that. You understand that. There's some things you can't do. You have, you have a priority. We understand that. But if there is a time, what can you do? And probably number one, though, is what is your attitude about it? Do I really esteem him, them, her, him better than myself? Better than myself? Really? So that means I expend my energies to help him. He goes on and said, let this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I mean, the epitome, the highest pinnacle that you could ever reach to is what Jesus did. Perfect in every way. No, no imperfection at all in him. We all know that. He was God in the flesh. What did he do? He stooped down and esteemed us better than himself. Because he said, I'm going to die for you because I love you. Think about it. Think about it tomorrow. Think about it whenever you have the opportunity. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It was, it was perfectly legitimate for him to be equal with God. But instead, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. Wherefore, because of that, because he's willing to come down and, and take upon himself this, this servant form. This thinking of others better than himself. He said, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. Because of what he did. Because of this principle of servanthood. He exalted, highly exalted him and he given him a name which is above every name.
Jonathan Edwards, I don't know much about him. He was a, um, a Protestant preacher. But he had some resolves that he wanted to, that he, he said he, he looked at these things every day. And he's not God and he's not the one that has all the answers and he didn't do everything just right. But he had some resolves here I'd like to read that I think are good. Number one, he said, resolved to put on the apron of a slave, asking how I might die to self in service to my Lord, my family, and my brethren. He resolved to put on that apron of a slave. And he has 13 of them. I'm not sure if I need to read down through them all. I'm going to read another couple here. Resolved to study scripture and order my life in full to the purpose of pleasing God and showing myself a workman approved. That's his purpose. That should be, I'm, I'm suggesting to you, that's our purpose. I am resolved. Asking how I might die to self in service to my Lord, my family, and my brethren. I am resolved to study the scripture and make myself and order my life in full. Showing myself a workman approved. He has some other things here. Maybe that's, I'll just stop with that. I will read this one. Resolve to consider each moment my last, so as to press on with all endurance in running the race. Further resolve that while I yet live, I will work mightily toward things of eternal value and purpose so as to reap my heavenly reward. James and John one time wanted to sit at a place of honor beside their, beside of Jesus. And they said, uh, uh, Master, we want to sit one at the right hand, one at the left hand. Places of power. He, they, they had this desire to be there. They had the desire to be masters, to be rulers. They, and in so doing, were not choosing the place of a servant and he said that's not mine to give Jesus himself said that that's not mine to give and one more example I want to give to you when um, Peter and the other apostles were out there disciples were out there on the, in, the, in the boat and they fished all night and they came up to the shore there and Jesus invited them to come up and after they had eaten Jesus said to Simon Simon lovest thou me more than these he says unto him yea lord thou knowest that i love thee i and he said and Jesus said unto him feed my lambs and he said to him the second time Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me he saith unto him, He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? 
Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. You know what he said to him? What he said was, and he's saying it to you and I, he's saying, Serve my people. Serve my people. Serve my people. Maybe a rather carnal expression, but I've heard that, I believe it was John F. Kennedy, and maybe I've, I don't know if I've said this before or not, but John F. Kennedy said, ask not what my country can do for me, but ask what I can do for my country. And I'd say the same thing to us this morning. Ask not what my brethren or my church can do for me, but ask what I can do for my brethren and my church. I told you that I didn't think that I necessarily was qualified. I have lots of needs in my life. I have selfishness in my life, but I do want to with my whole life and in my life serve my Lord, serve my brethren, serve my family. Someday when Jesus brings it all together, he's going to say either, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or he's going to say, I don't know who you are.